Well, good morning. It is so good to see each and every one of you as we gather for worship on this first Sunday of Lent. We have a very special service. Caleb's going to talk about that in just a moment today. But on this first Sunday of Lent, we are entering into the wilderness with Jesus and learning about how that, what that means for these 40 days in front of us and how that shapes our life. And we're going to have some exciting preachers and leadership from our church as we think together through that. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Pete Moon. I'm the lead pastor here at Reveille, and I welcome you. We welcome you, and we uh, welcome all those who are with us today on live stream. We also encourage you to take a look at all the many things that are happening in our church, not only during Lent, but in other places. But of note, I'd like to particularly highlight that this Thursday night, uh, we're going to have our annual Lenten Mission Benefit Concert. This is going to be a great concert, 7 o'clock this Thursday night. And all the proceeds of that concert are going to go for our campaign that we've offered through Lent entitled Building Walls to Take Down Walls. You might recall that we are going to be building a Habitat for Humanity house in partnership with Habitat right here in the front yard and transporting as much of that as possible to a location in Richmond. And we're raising money to do that in these weeks to come. And that concert Thursday night is going to be a part of that uh, effort. I'm excited to have Caleb Eckel here, who is going to uh, introduce our special service today. Welcome to the Reveille United Methodist Church here in Richmond, Virginia. We just want to thank you for joining us for our very special Youth Sunday service. For those online and for those in the pews, this service is going to be immaculate. Y'all <laughs> chose the best service to come to, if I may say so myself. So thank you for all of those joining. The youth have been working tirelessly. Hopefully y'all were greeted in by a youth as you guys came in to take a seat. And welcome home. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Let us worship the Lord.
Let us worship the one and only God. God leads us on a path of steadfast love and faithfulness. God is our strength and our protection. Let us worship the Lord. Let us worship the Lord using the hymns that the youth have chosen this day, starting with A Mighty Fortress is Our God, number 110. Please join me in singing.
We cannot earn God's grace or favor. It is a gift freely given, confident in God's love for us. Let us confess our sins together. Almighty God, we come to you to ask for forgiveness. You have called on us to trust you, but we have failed to do so. We have sinned against you time and time again. Help us to be born again into the life of Christ and to spread your love throughout the world. In Christ's name we pray, amen. God sent Jesus into the world that we might be saved through him. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As forgiven and reconciled children of God, let us exchange signs of Christ's peace with one another.
I invite all the children to come down. Hello. So my, so Nate here, he's going to try to tempt you to do some stuff to interrupt the service. But you got to say, no, Nate, no. Hey, kids, jump up and down with me. No, Nate, no. Hey, everyone, let's run around and... No, Nate, no. Let's go up these steps and play with the candles. No, Nate. No. Okay, I give up. Good job, everybody. You guys were tempted to disrupt the service three times, just like Jesus was tempted by the devil. But Jesus said no, just like you guys. I'm proud of you. Next time you are tempted to do something bad, just remember to say no, just like Jesus. Join me in the prayer. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for guiding us. In our lives. In our lives. Let us all. Let us all. Try to be more, more like Jesus. Try to be more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Y'all may go back. Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination. God of mercy, you show us kindness and forgiveness, even when we are tempted by evil. Open our hearts and minds to hear you speaking to us this day. Help us to know right from wrong so that we can live faithful and obedient lives. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's first lesson is from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, which may be found on page 2 of your pew Bible. The first humans are tempted by a promise that they can become like God by disobeying God. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you shall eat of it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit 
of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and so you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of this fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of God for the people of God. Be it to God. Today's second lesson is from the book of Matthew. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, which may be found on page 785 of your Pew Bible. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hello, I'm Laura McCluskey, and I'm a senior at Maggie Walker Governor's School. In this text, we witness Jesus being tempted by the devil after spending 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. The devil approached Jesus at this time in order to encourage him to stray from the path of God and follow him instead. Jesus was tasked by the devil to test God in ways that contradict his teachings. If he were to give in to the temptations, he would be replacing the intangible power and love of God with tangible imitations. Jesus was first told to turn stones into bread. In theory, this would solve world hunger, right? There doesn't seem to be a downside or a reason this wouldn't benefit the people of the world Jesus is always committed to helping. The reality of this, however, is that bread is not the only thing people need to survive. Bread can keep you alive, but it is void of real substance. People need the love and teachings of God to truly live, substance in the form of intangible things. Bread itself cannot provide this. Second, Jesus is encouraged to jump off the highest point and allow angels to catch him. If God was truly there, the angels wouldn't let him fall, right? According to the devil's instructions, if Jesus trusted God, why wouldn't he trust to be caught? The answer is that this is a pointless test. He doesn't have to test that the Lord is there to know that he is. The devil again was looking for tangible proof where it wasn't needed. Finally, Jesus is told, standing from a vantage point, that every kingdom in his sight 
could be his to rule over if he just followed the devil instead of God. The devil was offering Jesus control and ownership when in reality he was already connected to all the people in his sight through the love of God. He didn't need a title to be connected to the people, and having control over them in a position of leadership would go against the values of equality and love. Jesus was able to reject every one of these temptations and made it out of the wilderness more committed to God than he ever was before. The wilderness provided Jesus with a struggle between good and evil. The struggle allowed Jesus to solidify his trust and belief in God and consciously renounce the devil. He was tempted by many things that may have seemed good, but actually they were distractions from the Lord. The wilderness taught Jesus to recognize that and choose to stay with God. The wilderness was necessary for Jesus to find who he truly was and make choices for himself to get there. It may not have been the easiest experience, but he had to be met with challenges in order to realize what he truly valued and how he wanted to live his life. Before he was given the temptations by the devil, it may have been hard for him to distinguish between what truly had value and what was just an imitation. If his whole life had been easy, he would never have had to make the hard choices that would end up benefiting in the end him in the end. I believe everyone will experience wilderness. This wilderness isn't a desert everyone will walk through, but rather distractions from God's teachings. It is when each of us is challenged in our commitment to God and put through our own temptations. As a teenager in this day and age, those temptations are kind of everywhere, and they're harder to avoid in situations where you feel alone. When I first came into high school, I felt this. I was one of three people from my middle school at my new school, and when I looked around, it felt like everyone already had a friend group and I couldn't tell where to fit in. I assumed I'd find friends quickly, as I had in middle school, but months and months went by and I still felt alone. Then COVID hit at the end of my freshman year and it felt like there was literally no way to make new friends. The only way I was in contact with people was if I reached out. And so I only consistently talked to like five people outside of my family during this time, and when I came back to school full-time in junior year, things didn't magically fix. And I felt a lot of pressure to fit in. My temptations were to do things others did so that I could feel accepted. And this did not have the desired result. I only started to really feel like I fit in when I let go of what other people valued and really focused on what I did. I had to take control of my own life and decide right from wrong based on what I believe, just as Jesus did in his wilderness. Soon after I did, I found myself surrounded by people I can really be myself around, people I don't feel like I need to change in order to fit in with. Though my wilderness may have been tough, it truly allowed me to discover who I am and what I value. Looking back now, I know that even when I felt alone, I still had God as my support system, even when I couldn't see him. I didn't first look to find my solution in God's teachings, but when I chose to trust myself and my beliefs, beliefs over the expectations of others, I learned to be my more authentic self. I know many of you may be in your wilderness now, or if you're not, yours will come in time. I'm going off to college next year, and I know I will face similar challenges to those I already have in a new place, but this time I, can't draw, I can draw from what I learned and enter this new chapter of my life with confidence that God is with me even in the wilderness. My advice to you is that you don't view the wilderness as a scary thing. No one can go through life without challenges, but you can't let them take you down. Your challenges are opportunities to grow, and though you may feel alone and separated from even God, you have to trust your own instincts and know that God is there even when you can't see him. 
He is a support system that doesn't need to be tangible to rely on. Hello, my name is Bowling Porch, and I'm a senior at St. Christopher's. The rarest and most genuine leaders express servant leadership. During Jesus' fasting journey in the wilderness, the devil tempts him into desires to which many ordinary people would fall prey. The devil requested that Jesus prove his almighty power and promised him worldly possessions and political domination. Through Jesus' denial of all of the temptations, he established his quality of leadership through servitude. There are several attributes that make up servant leadership, and Jesus aligns with them all, almost as if those qualities are puzzle pieces to Jesus' qualities of leadership. He naturally developed a large following due to his strong positive influence on the lives of those he taught. Wherever he traveled, he strengthened the community and brought them together through the word of God. Jesus was able to understand the emotions and struggles of those he came across and use that to teach them individually. Finally, he developed a close and trusting relationship with a team of disciples who in turn continued to spread the word of God with him. When the devil tested Jesus, offering him to be the ruler of all the kingdoms of the world, Jesus' servant leadership was highlighted. Jesus strives to put the needs of his followers first and nurture them through his core values. This altruistic behavior led Jesus to deny all the devil's tests and temptations, despite his human struggle of of being starved due to fasting. Jesus' goal on earth was not to take over and govern himself, but to teach and empower others to treat others with kindness and to worship God. The devil fails to understand this and uses this false information to test Jesus. As a result, the devil tests Jesus in ways that would not affect Jesus under the assumption that Jesus would even want to rule over all the world's kingdoms. This could not have been further from my God sent his only son to earth, which was to nurture others in the ways of the Lord and create his servant leadership in his followers. They would spread the message of God as Jesus did, putting others before themselves. Many prominent historical figures have followed this teaching of servant leadership and spread the message themselves. In the 20th century, important people still use the type of leadership outlined by Jesus to spread his message along with their own, highlighting its effectiveness. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is a prime example of a leader who utilized servant leadership to spread his message. He had a mission that was inspired by his core values, and many followers shared those same values and supported him. Dr. King worked constantly to spread his message on civil rights in the United States, gaining supporters who, in turn, spread the message themselves to others that they knew. This creates a system that strives toward change through the growth of its followers who are dedicated to the message. Jesus wanted us to follow in his footsteps and avoid temptations to continue to serve the Lord our God. The wilderness, whether physical or metaphorical, is still a part of our lives today. Through his servant leadership, Jesus tested himself in the wilderness to fast and to be tempted by the devil. If he was the type of leader that the devil expected him to be, a human one who rules the earth's kingdoms, he would have never put himself to that test. A servant leader teaches their followers through instruction and demonstration, not direction. Therefore, Jesus tested himself to instruct and invite us to do the same during Lent. 
Just as we have faith in the Lord our God, Jesus gives us the opportunity to give up something, and he believes we can successfully remove something negative from our lives during Lent. I've applied this teaching to my own life. I've been in a stage of my life where I have given up all beverages besides water, especially soft drinks, during the past two Lents in 2021 and 2022. I plan on continuing this through Lent this year as well. The thought that Jesus tested himself and went through those hardships in the wilderness, especially the temptations, gives me the faith that I can proceed with refraining from soft drinks or other drinks that are not water this Lent. Through Jesus' teaching, we can all emulate his style of leadership to continue to spread the word of the Lord. Leadership is a skill that everyone has. It is a muscle that everyone can continually strengthen, increasing your capability to lead. You can choose what type of leader to be in your own life, whether it is to become a servant leader like Jesus or Dr. King or your own unique type of leader. It's up to you. And all God's people said, Amen. Would you join me in singing this text that we have just heard proclaimed by our youth? You'll find the hymn in the faith we sing, number 2105, Jesus Tempted in the Desert. Please stand and sing.
Please join me in reading the Apostles' Creed, which can be found on page 881 of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. O God, we thank you for gathering us together today for worship, for always being with us in every situation, in good times and in bad, and for steering us away from sin and temptation and helping us to know right from wrong. In this world, we go through difficult challenges, and we ask you to help us through them. Please keep us safe in times of struggle. Please bring peace to the world in times of strife, and help those who are hungry, lost, or homeless. We also pray for those who are ill, grieving, or lonely. We ask your blessing for the church universal. Please help us to fulfill Reveille's ministries of all kinds. We also pray for the well-being of our partner churches, Koinonia Christian Church and Love Center of Unity. As we go into this new week, guide us to do your will. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward as we receive the morning offering. But uh, as we do that, I hope you will, uh, you are joining me in giving thanksgiving for the offering that these young folks have put forward to us today. What a gift it has been to be a part of their planning, their hard work in preparing this for us. So I would like to encourage and invite all of us to give a, a round of applause to God for raising them up and our young folks who have worked so hard. You guys have been awesome. Sometimes we forget how gifted we are to have such a gifted young folks leading us in worship this day. Amen? Amen? We'd like to invite our ushers to come forward now as we receive our morning offering.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we dedicate to you not only these gifts, but also ourselves in deep gratitude for your call on our lives, your guidance in the baptismal journey, and for blessing us, that we may be a blessing to others. Accept what we bring for your own good purposes. In Christ we pray. Amen. Our final hymn this day is one that the youth love and we love along with them. Here I am, Lord, number 593. We'll sing stanzas one and three.
now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.